Hello, I'm Riverside County Sheriff Chad Bianco and welcome to another episode of the RSO Roundup. Today's show is going to be a great one. I'm super excited about this. I have with me San Bernardino County Sheriff Shannon Dykus. Shannon, thank you for joining us for this episode. Uh, normally, we highlight our our department and what we're doing with the in, inside our department and how we're helping the community. But we thought that this would be a great time to bring our partner to the north uh, over in, so you all could see that we how well we work together and what we do together to. Uh, protect and serve the residents of both of our counties. And so I'm super excited to have you here. Thank you for coming, Shannon. Absolutely, Chad. Glad to be here. Glad to have you here. Uh, Shannon's been the sheriff for six months now, seven months, something yes. like that? Yeah, I was appointed back in July. Very good. So um, so with San Bernardino County Sheriff, I, I have to say just starting to get this started off, um, throughout history, uh, amongst our department, we were always... Uh, a little bit on the jealous side of San Bernardino has a long history of, of sheriffs uh, going way back that, that were just loved by their department and the community. And unfortunately, we didn't have that sometimes. We thought we've, we felt a little bit left out. But um, I hope that's a little bit different now. But certainly with, with you taking over as sheriff over there, uh, you jumped in that spot seamlessly taking over from Sheriff McMahon. And you just hit the ground running. You you obviously were the under sheriff there for a couple of years. Yes. And uh, so it was It was a seamless transition, but um, you've hit the ground running and doing a fantastic job over there. And I see that you know, you've a great relationship with all your cities, your, your board and, and the community. So things are going well. Yeah, no, and we're going to keep it going that way, Chad. And uh, to your credit, the relationship across the counties, both counties, um, and, and really the commonalities and the things we're seeing that our citizens expect from us are pretty much the same in both county. And I, I know and I'm excited to talk about that partnership and what we're actually doing together. For sure. So um, just to start with, why don't you just a brief background? I know your your background is extensive, but time in and um, with the sheriff's department and really how did you get to this point? Well, I'm with the Sheriff's Department, been 30 years last October. And then prior to that, I've worked in law enforcement really since I've been old enough to work. It started off in the military as a military policeman. And um, I worked in uh, the Department of Veterans Affairs also as a, as a policeman uh, shortly after exiting the service and while going to college. So I really haven't had a break in service since I was 18 years old. So we're sitting around 34, 35 years of experience total now. And uh, we keep going. As far as the sheriff's department's concerned, uh, my father actually worked in our department. And for the longest time growing up, I told him I would never be a sheriff's deputy, that I was actually going to be a fed. Well, that experience I had with the Department of Veterans Affairs made me realize that Titanic turns very slowly, and the Sheriff's Department fit my personality much better, so here I am. Very good, and it turned out extremely well for you. Yes, I feel very fortunate. I've been blessed to have a number of great assignments, and um, you mentioned Sheriff McMahon. Um, I can't think of a better human being, and I absolutely had the best mentor I could have ever had. Yeah, well, I, I will tell you, on a personal note, it, it certainly, uh, whether your personalities were similar going in, which it probably is, the the, the caring for other people and the, the desire to make your department better, uh, but I, I see a lot of, I see a lot of John in you, in, in, in our conversations and in, in how you interact with the public now, so um, either you're very similar type people anyway, or you, or you, you took that mentorship role well and, and learned. And, and maybe that's the history of, of your department, really, and, and how you've had such good sheriffs that, that have been so well-liked 
Well, we, we take succession planning seriously. I know you do. Um, but really looking at about who's coming up, and I, I think we both know it's not about us. Really, the decisions we're making nowadays are going to be for those people we're setting the stage for. Absolutely. And we're kind of at a unique time. We have to really be thoughtful about those decisions that we're making because so many things are really dependent on the future. Budgets and, and a number of things, the legislation we're dealing with now, and, and what are they going to have to deal with in the, in the future. And it's my hope that we make those right decisions and none of them ever say, I really wish they would have at least made a decision in the past so that they're not dealing with a bigger issue later on. Absolutely. You, know, you mentioned just a, a little bit about the, the problems and the, the struggles that we have with legislation and how that's that really is controlling some of the things that we're able to do and what we're not able to do. And uh, it really hinders and hampers a little bit of our ability to to protect our, our residents. And that's that's for both of us right now, we're kind of in the in the spotlight a little bit, trying to stand up to some of the things in Sacramento to, to make it easier for us to, to provide for public safety. No, you're right. I mean, our, look what the voters have to put up with. They put up with veiled uh, titles in legislation that really don't spell out what the legislation is actually about. And I know you and I recently obviously went to Sacramento in support of repealing Prop 47 and the assembly bill that was going to do that. And uh, while I don't think either one of us thought we were going to be able to make a difference with the Public Safety Committee, we, I was at least hoping that the following morning we'd see some news media that was covering this, essentially saying the voters aren't going to get an opportunity to revisit this. And I think that's what disturbed me more than anything. Yeah, I agree. I was shocked. I thought, I thought there would at least be some type of talk about it, especially because there's, there's an overwhelming uh, sediment amongst really the state that everyone knows Prop 47 was bad and that Prop 47 needs to be either fixed or repealed, whatever, however you want to look at it. But to to have that up for a vote and then there wasn't any media that covered it was a little bit shocking. Yeah, and then we're left to go out on social media to at least make sure that our counties and our voters know what happened. Yeah. And I think there's a bigger conversation to be had. And that bigger conversation really is prison realignment or realignment in general. We can go back to 1991 mental health realignment, go through prison realignment. And it's traditionally in my mind, the state pushing down what's normally their responsibilities to us locally and not just counties, also cities. So we're left in this constant um, evolution of trying to build capacity and there's just not capacity. Potentially some of these um, Prop 47 and things could possibly work if the capacity was built first, but that's not the case. In the state, we've rolled out the cart before the horse so many times, and you and I can pick just about any topic, and you can point down to this cart before the horse piece where we really didn't have the, the pieces in place either to regulate it or certainly support it. Yeah, and I, I think for the general public, you know, they, they expect and they know the job that we do for law enforcement, that, you know, what you and I are doing and what we're responsible for, keeping them safe and, and providing for, you know, safety of businesses and whatever the case may be for our respective counties. But we're in a unique spot that we are also battling with Sacramento and that we have that behind the scenes thing that we're trying to that we're trying to make things better not just getting in a black and white and going out and taking care of business or something but we're we're trying to make different things work within our government i would hope the one thing that the public sees about you and i when we when we do these things in sacramento is that traditionally we don't just come in and state the problem and drop the mic we're actually offering solutions so um I regularly talk about it 
in our case, it's not red or blue. It's about trying to do the right thing. And we try to appeal to both sides of the aisle. It's really the aisle that's the problem. If we're talking about any type of racism going on, it's really, if we're talking about color being involved, it's more red and blue than anything else in our world right now. Oh, for sure. And uh, I like to see law enforcement, and I'd certainly like to think, and I certainly practice at my department, and I know you do, that we're uniters, not dividers. Absolutely. So along those lines, back to, you know, United and, and the, the front that we take and the relationship that we have, we have an enormous border that that you and I share, that our departments share. And the residents along that border, when they need public safety help, when they need a when they need a deputy there, they really don't care what uniform they're wearing and or what they look like. They want somebody to respond and they want somebody to to get there to help them. And I think that uh, our departments we have a great relationship amongst deputies that are working those 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 towns that are along that border and we work really well together oh absolutely and that's critically necessary i mean some of these places we're talking about we have patrol beats that are 1500 square miles in our case out like in the barstow area going all the way out to needles and places where again we do cross that border um the, the deputies, they're all they have out there. And so back up in a number of those things and really relying on our partners, it's alive and well in those areas. Yeah, absolutely. And then, I mean, there was uh, one of the questions that as we were preparing for this, uh, we posed some questions for the public of what would you like to, what would you like to hear and, uh, or questions that they would like answered. And one of them was how do we work together? And we do a lot together, whether it's task forces or the marijuana stuff that we're doing now, um, or, or even just regular patrol calling on each other back and forth for help. Uh, we do a lot together. Oh, absolutely. I, I hope the public takes away from this that they understand that, number one, we talk. And that if you make a move uh, on marijuana, for instance, it'll move into my county and same thing. So we do more of this coordinated effort because we don't want that in our county, the illicit marijuana. And so we work in conjunction. But I think there's a number of things we do. And I never try to forget our chiefs of police, and I know you don't either. But I really want the public to know how good of a relationship that both of us have with our local chiefs, because I want them to understand that if any big issue confronts either of our counties, that it won't just be you and I rolling to take care of each other, that they'll also roll. And that really the philosophy, and this is the way I like to describe it, is long before you call me or any of the chiefs call me, the answer is going to be yes. Right. And, and I think that throughout our chain of command from, from you and I down, everyone knows that. Absolutely. There, there's never a question of, I wonder if the sheriff's going to be okay with us going to help. They already know that answer and they expect, or they know that we expect that they're going to make that right answer and they're just going to do it. Let us know later. Oh, absolutely. And you know, I'm perfectly okay with that. Well, let's yeah. make the call and get the proper help to the proper place as quickly as possible. Yeah, absolutely. And then, and that, and that does go the same with our chiefs. We, uh, just for the public, we, we do meet regularly. We talk all the time, uh, but we meet as a County Absolutely. Counties, counties, the, absolutely. The, the two counties, and we discuss uh, we discuss our mutual needs and our, our mutual resources and how we can help each other. So, uh, the Inland Empire, uh, whether we whatever it is that you combine it, whether it's our counties or whether we include little pieces of somebody of, of LA or Orange or however you do it, um, we pretty much have a, a very united front of law enforcement for for the Inland Empire between us and between the chiefs of police that we work with. Yeah. And, it's and, very good. and Chad, I think that resonates for a number of reasons. So during the pandemic, I think they estimated about 60 to 70,000 residents moved out of the L.A. County area, the L.A. Basin, if you will, into the Inland Empire as a whole. 
Well, I'm hoping it's kind of like what you hear in the news about people moving out of California and going to Texas and other places that Californians see what's going on here in the Inland Empire. They like what they're seeing and they want to be part of that. And, and that's my hope moving forward is that we are representing people the way they want to be policed and have a greater understanding about what's going on. And they don't want to be a part of Bay Area politics. Yeah, absolutely. And and we were the we're the same way here. And I think it's a um, that that Inland Empire branding or group or whatever you want, however you want to look at it. I think, uh, I think it's a, a unique place for people to come to that they know it is different. Absolutely. We're on an island. Absolutely. We're on a little island that, that we're lucky to be here. Well, and we're still affordable in terms of housing and a number of things go on. And then I know we mentioned our chiefs of police, but even both of our DAs, our DAs both represent what the public expects in terms of a prosecutor. And uh, there's a lot of things going on in a number of other places that the public definitely has some concerns over. And, and again, we don't have those problems here. We work as a united front. So I think that bears and bodes well for us. For sure. For sure. Uh, some of the other questions, just so we touch on them so we don't leave anybody out, because I know there were multiple um, multiple questions about some of these things. Uh, I know we... I know. Uh, both agencies, we're hiring a lot. We, we both have vacancies and, and we're constantly, because of our size, um, we're almost the same size. Uh, we, have, we, have a, we have a shorting, a shortage of deputies. We're constantly hiring. And I know you guys are too. You, you just had, uh, you had a huge fair, a hiring fair. Yes. It, that, was, that was successful. I know it, was, it, it worked out good for you. Um, how, are, how are you guys doing with hiring? So we're, we're, we're doing well. And I think Actually, I think I'm, we're almost mirroring each other in what some of our successes are. So you know with a number of the mandates that have occurred as it relates to COVID, we've seen laterals come both of our way. And um, that's been a blessing in disguise for at least our department in terms of being able to get some experienced people in that. And it's kind of helping us shore the ship while we do these big hiring events. But with all the negative media attention towards law enforcement, it is harder to hire people. Um, also, we're seeing... A, a pool of potential applicants. A lot of people want to stay at home and do what they do on the laptop, you know, as a result of the pandemic and working at home and a few of those things. So getting people interested in this career with those two things going against us is difficult. Yeah. They, I, I've had this conversation a lot with our county partners, the, the executive office, in that during COVID, there were a lot of county workers that worked from home and that we made a lot of concessions to uh, to figure out how to telecommute and 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 not have to come to work but law enforcement is not that animal we don't we we can't have that option um we all nobody got to stay home we all had to come to work whether it was clerical or i mean our clerical staff makes our our stations work and so they had to come in and work and it it is unique trying to find in today's day and age trying to find people that actually will still go into work because they want to do something from home it's, oh, a, it's a different animal now. Yeah. And the public expects to get that face or that voice on the other end of the counter in terms of operations that are 24-7, and they expect that help. And so trying to find a applicant pool that you know understands that and is willing to work in that environment just has become increasingly difficult. Yeah. And uh, I, th I think one of the questions was competing with each other. And to be honest, I don't think – I've never looked at it like that. I've never looked at us competing – with each other for for the applicant pool and for the for the employees, I think that uh, I think there's a lot of people that, especially when you look at sheriff's departments, there's there's a lot of internal people that want to work for the Riverside Sheriff's Department or they live in San Bernardino and it's I only want to work for the San Bernardino Sheriff's Department. So I don't think um, you know once in a while we get them maybe, but 
I, I think that's a I think it might be a little bit of a pride thing. I don't think we really compete for the for the same people. I, I don't either. I think it, a lot of it depends on where you grew up at, and you know, really, where at the beginning of your career did you swear to protect? And everybody's got to realize too, for you and I, even law enforcement officers that are traveling for better paying jobs or other things, right now while you're seeing gas prices increase and those types of things, all of a sudden we become much more attractive to live and work at home. And I hope for you and I that that's what we see in terms of hiring people. It is for sure with us. That that hour and a half, that two hour commute that's been for 10, 15 years is now got a dollar value attached to it rather than a time value. So now not only is it a lot of time away from your family, now it's a it's a huge dollar amount coming out of your monthly check just to get to work. So we're seeing a lot of laterals that are coming in that we, we've known have lived here, but they've commuted into Orange County, L.A. County uh, for their employment. So I think it, it's it's where they chose to work and things like that. And, and there, there's a pride that comes along with that, I think. Absolutely. And, and realistically, when we talk about just promoting the Inland Empire as a whole, where else can you go snow skiing in the wintertime and turn around? If you really want to drive to the beach and go surfing just to say you did it, you could do it. Oh, yes. All of that is available in terms of what people like to do here locally. And both of our counties offer that those type of outdoor activities. We have entertainment venues and a number of things now. So the, the good old Inland Empire that seemed like it was far, far away from urban centers isn't so far away anymore. Yeah, absolutely. And and we do have an unbelievable variety of of really anything that you want if you're involved in the outdoors whether it's hiking desert mountains and we're right next to the beach so it it makes it makes it relatively easy yeah so i hope all of those things we describe bode well for us in terms of hiring but it, you know it's funny it's not just law enforcement or government it's the public sector too everybody's having a hard time getting employees right now and i think we're all just struggling with recruitment efforts but uh so far i think we're doing okay I think there's enough um, money in the budgets right now that we can really try to protect people in what I call the revolving door of the criminal justice system in California. And I think it's just going to be incumbent upon us to make sure we hire enough bodies. If the state's going to continue taking the path it is, we're going to keep people safe and we're just going to make the revolving door turn faster. Absolutely. Um, one of the Another one of the questions was how often uh, we've already talked about that we're large we share a large border and we share a lot of, of common communities. But um, the questions are, how often do we work together? And I think it's it's actually quite a bit. On a daily basis, I know that we're either going into your county, your, your guys are coming into our county, and um, criminals don't care about a, a line in the sand of a border of a city or a border of a county. They're going back and forth. Oh, absolutely. And so um, our jobs take us into each other's jurisdictions quite often. Absolutely. And I can tell you that even our partners that border us on any sides of either one of our counties, again, based on our DA's relationship, if they have a criminal syndicate or something that they're working with, if you take them down in our county, they're going to get prosecuted. Right. Yeah. We, that, that's funny. I had a conversation this morning, uh, the, that exact same thing, uh, talking about it, it involved Riverside, but they mentioned whether it's Riverside or San Bernardino, it's completely different on whether it's on the other, on the, the, the western uh, counties, no, absolutely, particularly Los Angeles. So, and, and our partner agencies, they they know that they understand the uh, the politics, if you will, that they're working with. Yeah, and and with that, I know uh, crime uh, crime nationwide is is increasing, and uh, statewide the statistics are way up. But I was looking at at overall numbers and overall averages, and we're faring relatively well. Yes. I mean, like you said, violent crimes going up across the board, and we certainly see murders and officer-involved shootings are on the increase, too. At least I see that in our department. But as a whole, I think we're, we're holding our own and uh, doing what the citizens expect us to do. Yeah. 
And yeah. I, I hope, you know, with the recruitment and things that we talked about earlier, we'll even be able to offer even better service here yeah. in the future. I believe so, too. And I think uh, just to be a little bit more specific when, when we're talking about what we're doing, um, I think both of our agencies are very proactive. We're all about going out and taking care of business for our residents, which means we go identify and track down or even arrest before they're out doing something wrong. And then we're lucky that we do have that prosecution. So we're very proactive in that enforcement, but there's also a back end too. And I think that's what's keeping our numbers down compared to other places in the state and making it appealing for people to, to stay in the, in, in the Inland Empire. And I think there's a deterrent effect to that too. They know we are proactive. So if you're going to do misdeeds in either one of our counties, you can expect that we're going to contact you. Absolutely. And then uh, we have a lot of uh, a lot of our deputies work together on task forces, Absolutely. on federal task forces yes. that we're that we're that we're both a part of and then even your task force that we have we have members on. Uh, and that's a that supplies that relationship too of being able to work back and forth uh, just because of well, I know that my guy works there, so I'll get a hold of them, and he knows it, it, it's just seamless. It makes it seamless. Well, and we're attractive. It, it, if you look at it as a law enforcement body as a whole in both counties, so if you look at it from the outside, maybe even from some of our federal partners, if you can come in and partner with us, we don't have internal struggles with boards and, and a number of things that you see going on in other places. So it's much easier to maintain those relationships because it kind of takes politics out of it and really gets into are we doing the best job for the citizens and using all the resources we can because you know you've got certain resources sources and you can react very, very, very quickly where the federal uh, folks that come in that partner with us, they can act more long-term and really deal with more of the business aspects of the things that are going on and, and help us in that regard. And I think we have a good model in both counties. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we take advantage of both of them. It's, Absolutely. it's, it's almost a must. You know, one of the things I'll, I'll, I'll throw a shameless plug out there for, for your board. Um, I, I enjoy a, a great relationship with my board of supervisors and I know you do too. Um, I know they, uh, you know, the things that I've that I've heard and the things that I've read. They value public safety in San Bernardino County, and and they give you a lot of support for that, and and trust your ability to uh, what they're telling, what you're telling them, and what you need, and what you, uh, the things that you want to do. So th that's a that's a plus for us. It makes our job easier rather than infighting with our oh, supervisors. Absolutely, I, I'm I'm really blessed. It's. Uh, you know, there's a couple of quality life issues that really bring this full circle if you want to see the relationship. And our board members, when we talk about illegal cultivation of marijuana and a few things, the citizens are outraged about that. And so it does heavily affect a number of our our, um, our, our board members, but also our rural areas are where this is happening. So if you're a board member over some of those areas, your local, you know, MAC boards and a number of those things are, are loud based on what they're seeing happen. We have citizens getting accosted over this. We're finding bodies in the desert being yeah. dumped as a result of some of the behavior that's going on. And it's cartel behavior in many cases, both Chinese and uh, Mexican cartels. So staying on top of that, and I'm blessed to have the board support, and we are in lockstep on a number of those quality of life issues. Yeah, I, I was surprised. I didn't think of it, um, especially because of your high desert area. Uh, I know our we're, we have a horrible illegal marijuana growing operations uh, area in our mountain area south of in the Anza Valley, and it's, uh, it, it's horrible up there. I was surprised to hear that you have it in the high desert, and um, we're, we're we're dealing with the same thing, almost the same numbers. It, it's crazy the amount of, of of illegal operations that we have to deal with. Well, unfortunately, everything blows back to politics to some degree, at least in California. But if you really think about it, if it doesn't rain for two days in the Bay Area, you have a drought. So think about this: you have entire 
illegal cultivations going on that are on mass scale. In some cases, some of these grows are 70 acres. So you think about the water theft, the illegal drilling of wells, and a number of things. So from even if you just take out the marijuana portion of this and you look at it strictly from an ecology standpoint or an environmentalist perspective, uh, usually you hear people yelling and screaming about that, particularly from the Bay Area or Sacramento. I'm not hearing anything. Are you hearing any screams about that? and I'm not getting any help for it either. No, it's just, it's something we've got to take on for our residents and that's what they expect of us right now and we're doing it. Yeah. And, and we're doing a good job. I know you are too. And, and we've, I know I've sent guys over to you and, and I routinely see your guys with my guys on, on some of the operations that we're doing. So, uh, again, crime doesn't realize a border and some of these operations are the same cartels, the same groups, but they're operating in, in both of our areas. So it's a, it's a must that we, that we work together and that we do have this relationship. Cause oh, no. and they, and they do have a great work and I've seen them pick up the phone regularly and say, Hey, I've got this information in your County. And then they, they run with it and take care of whatever the issue is. And that happens daily. There's probably hundreds and hundreds of those calls that you and I don't even know about that happen daily, but I know they're uh, very free to make those phone calls and take care of business for either County. Yeah. Um, you know what? I don't even know why this just popped into my head, but I'll forget it if I don't say it now. So quick change of, of topic. Um, we, a lot of times the, the residents that, you know, we may deal with somebody in say Calamesa and it just so happens that they were in need of a, of law of, uh, of a deputy and a San Bernardino deputy was driving by from Yucaipa and helped them. And they don't know the difference. I mean, our uniforms are very, very similar. Uh, I know our, our pants are a little bit different, but um, they just know that a deputy had said sheriff and helped them and everything was good. But we did get a question about uniforms. And I know that um, I've caused a lot of strife amongst all of our fellow sheriffs uh, because I did a lot of uniform changes. But one of the questions, and it may have been an internal question that somebody knew you were coming on, so they asked me to ask you. Sure. But um, it was about vests. It was about external vests, load-bearing vests. And um, that is something that you guys haven't gone to yet. Right. Now, so one of the things that we are looking at, so not long ago, matter of fact, right when John and I, um, when he retired and I took over during the appointment process, we did switch to uniforms that are more of the ripstop, similar to what you wear. So that's already been authorized. Pants that are much more comfortable in a number of things for the men and women, really modern materials is what we're talking about to make their work environment better. So at the same time, I did talk to our union about making a commitment to take a a good look at a load-bearing vest. The only difference is we're looking at one that if, if you and I were sitting here right now based on the shirt color that we're wearing now, this tan color, if one of our deputies that are testing this product walked in, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. I saw a picture of it, and it looks really good. And yeah. you talk about modern technology. Now, I did this just a couple of years ago, and that was not available then. That wasn't an option. So you talk about you know modern marvels that, that make our job easier and make it more comfortable. Um, I, I saw a picture of that, and I had no idea they were wearing one. Yeah, so I, we're working on that. Our biggest problem that we had right now is the test, and I have about 15 deputy sheriffs that are actually testing this. So there were a couple of things, and it's really some of it's related to training. You know, having common places on the vest where your your tools are at, essentially, so that we train the same way all the time, every time, and you can count on that training when they when it when they, when it counts, and you're in the middle of that firefight or whatever else, you know where your equipment's at simply by muscle memory. 
So that's one consideration we're taking. But believe it or not, the other thing is the supply chain. And that's what we're running into. The one manufacturer that made these vests for us had a dye lot change. So the color isn't the same. And then we realized we need more than just one manufacturer to be able to go to if we decide to make the decision to go with load bearing. And that's really truly where we're at with the entire process. Yeah. Th- and now, and that I, I will have to agree with you that that was a struggle because being a large agency, uh, you can, you have to have more than one or that, that supply chain stops right. and you just have a big line waiting for one at a time instead of a large number that really we need. And then you don't you don't think about dye lots, but you can't have different colors of the same thing running around, and that's that's important, especially with different manufacturers is coming up with that same color because they all try and make it their own unique product. But that's something that we really yeah we've got to have, we've have. got to have that commonality and that standardization. So that's really we're working our way through some of those technical things. But I've made a commitment to seriously look at it and not just say it to say it. So we're going through that testing. Those deputies are wearing it. I'm getting the feedback from them. And then hopefully we'll make a decision here shortly based on the supply chain and any other vendors we can get to supply the products we need. Very good. Is uh, anything that uh, anything that pops in your head that you wished I would have asked or wished I wouldn't have asked or uh, that you thought we were going to talk about today? No, Chad, honestly, because we're the two biggest agencies here locally, um, I, I just hope the public realizes, number one, that we do work well together. And we are the big brother or big sister, whichever way you look at it, to a number of other municipal agencies. And it doesn't matter where the problem occurs, that we are – you don't solve the problem the minute the problem happens. You solve it weeks and months and years before because you've created the relationships. And I think based in your career and mine, we both know that. And I just like the public to know that we're ready. We're ready when something comes up. We're going to come to each other's aid. There is no argument. There's free-flowing communication and information, and the same thing goes for our police chief. So I say this regularly, again, uh, giving a shameless plug for my organization, but I'd be more than happy to throw the blanket over Riverside County as well, is that I believe that you and I run, in conjunction with our police chiefs, the most exemplary protective force in the United States. I, I would wholeheartedly agree, and and I think that's really based on it, – it's like anything. Success in life is based on your relationships, and the relationship that we have and uh, the relationship that that you bring with your chiefs and I bring with my chiefs, that was seamless getting together and, and everybody getting along. So I think that um, all of them with us combined, and then – I mean, that's we're a major force. Absolutely. I mean, you, you're talking close to maybe 10,000 – deputies or combination of deputies and cops if we absolutely need them uh, at really at a moment's notice without hesitation. So I think that the Inland Empire is v- being very well served. Yep. We're, we're in good hands and we're blessed to have the partners we have for sure. In the end, we're here just to serve the residents. No, a- absolutely. And uh, that's first and foremost that we want to do. And uh, you know as well as I do, uh, you and I aren't the ones that make the go around. It's all the men and women in our departments that are, are frankly brilliant and um, they're exceptional. Absolutely. Um, I I will say that that's one thing we have tons of in common. I mean, we didn't even get into all that, but uh, we have a lot in common just in our our personal lives and and families and everything else. But um, this just popped into my head, too. Um, You were in my were you in my senior class or you were the one before that? Yeah, that was the one before one before that. So we went to the same academy. But that was I don't even know why that popped into my head. See, I get myself in trouble with these things. But um, the the. I, th- I think both of us. I, th- I, I will speak for you and say that um, we are just deputy sheriffs occupying a different desk. 
and and we we operate that way in that we know that our role is yes it's a conduit to provide public safety for our county but we're we're also that conduit to make sure that our deputies have everything that they need and they're equipped to provide that service and i think that um I will say I know that that is why you're liked so well within your department, and I guess that goes the same way to say you know why the, the deputies support me so much. So um, I think that I will say that both of our counties are blessed to have us in the positions that we are, and we're blessed to have the counties wanting us there. So um, we're all we're in good spots. We are in good spots. Yep, I feel blessed to be the leader of this organization for all the reasons that we mentioned earlier, and um, I, I think it is our responsibility with the current trends in law enforcement, a number of things to have the best safety equipment to make sure that we are delivering that service to the public. And um, you and I are also blessed because we have a public that um, expects us to do the things that we're doing and support us in that. And um, I'm really glad to be doing this job here and not doing it west of us. I know some of our partners to the west have a pretty difficult uh, arrangement. Yeah, for sure. Well, one thing I forgot to mention was that the two of us will be together again, and we will be joined by Los Angeles County Sheriff Alex Villanueva for a Tri-County Law Enforcement Forum. And we will be at the Chino Airport on Saturday, April 23rd, from 1 to 5. Yes. Looking forward to that event. Should be a lot of folks there. And having all three of us together, we can talk about some of the things you and I talked about today, but really bring it into perspective in terms of um, all the current challenges we're all dealing with. Absolutely. And we will keep uh, keep you posted about that date and remind you on all of our social medias, on my social media and San Bernardino Sheriff's social media. So I encourage you to follow both of us and uh, you will know everything that we want you to know about that. And uh, maybe we'll see you there. So again, thank you for joining this edition of the RSO Roundup. Thank you, Jack.